back to another special episode of the Epic Experiment Podcast. It's episode 83, and I'm your host, Bruce. And I'm joined on the line once again by Lux. Lux, how are you now? I'm doing just fine. Good. Excellent. Now, folks, we, you may have noticed once again we had took another week off. We've had a, a bunch of these happen this fall, and we're sorry. Um... We've had, again, some serious stuff happen. People have lives away from the podcast. Isn't that right, Lux? Yep. Yeah, so we've been dealing with stuff, and but we're here tonight. We're recording for you guys. Um, hopefully, it's the start of a, a more regular routine for us, and we can get back on track. But if it doesn't, you know, we'll be back sooner or later. Don't you worry. We'll be back sooner or later. Always. We always come back. Uh, so, Lux, what's uh, what's it like down in Texas right now? How's it, how are you guys doing uh, Thanksgiving is just around the corner for you guys. Yep. And I have to admit that fall's starting to take full effect now. Nice. Nice. So it's cooled off a little bit and everybody's maybe got their yeah. their sweaters or coats out. Yep. We were lucky. Today was a beautiful day. So I guess that was like it was like 14 degrees Celsius. So I don't know how 14 Celsius. And let's see if I could type the Fahrenheit puts it at like 57, 58 degrees. It was a beautiful day. So people, the kids were out playing and having fun. But uh, I don't know if you noticed, but we had we had the time change over the weekend. We actually, I don't. Do you guys do time change? You may not. Yep. You do. So all of a sudden, it got dark a heck of a lot earlier. Um, it was like, you know, five o'clock and I'm bringing the, the boys home from school and it's essentially dark outside. I'm like, oh dear, this sucks. Oh, oh winter's coming. Winter is coming for sure. Oh dear. Yeah. And has the, how's the store doing? Is the store open? Are you guys having events? Yeah. I'm saying, we've been the past couple of months, it's in, like we've been trying to in hold like in drafts, but fewer and fewer people are starting to bite now. Well, you know what? I think I don't know about you, but like I've noticed around here that in the evening, stuff that you'd think would be sort of people would be going to in the evening are just dead. Like great example up here, we have uh, a, you know sort of the Canadian equivalent is very famous to. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts would be our Tim Hortons. And there would have been a time where Tim Hortons in town after in the evening would be busy because everybody would be just looking to hang out, have a cup of coffee, and have a chat. And so you'd catch up with the town, really. Uh, and all the neighborhood all the neighborhood people sort of meet at the Tim Hortons. Well, now the Tim Hortons is pretty well dead. No one goes. It's kind of, kind of lonely. Uh, I kind of feel like that's starting to happen to everybody because, like, the pandemic, people are still... Just not prepared to go out the way they once did, and things have changed. Like they're they're they realize they don't necessarily need to go out. So, with all the avenues for players to play these days, you know they don't need to go into a store and and play a draft. They can play on spell table or play on arena or play on MGGO. Or, I don't know. So yeah, no, there's lots of different things that people can do instead of. Um, and their money at a store, which is disappointing for you guys because you want those people to come in the door so you can charge them, right? One thing we just want to keep in the 
the store open keep the money coming keep the in the lights on exactly yeah i hear you keep the lights on so anyway i don't know man it's hopefully like the, the things get better i mean the the world can't get much much more difficult really cuz i mean we've already gone through the worst of it so we're slowly on the mend i guess but oof, tough to go all right let's get on with the show though cuz we had a uh, I don't know. Last time I was on with uh, with uh, Wowo, uh, and he and I we talked for like two hours. We had like a two-hour cast, but I'm sorry, <laughs> everybody, but it was a good one. We had a lot. We had a good chat. A lot of Canadian chatter there. A lot of Canadian banter. So uh, anyway, um, don't forget if you liked uh, like what you hear, or you want to catch up with the show I did with with Wowo a couple of weeks ago, or any other episode here on Lowest. On, um, here on the F Experiment Podcast. Be sure to check out our home on the internet at thelotuscouncil.com and uh, go on and, and find out all the things that they've got going on there at the Lotus Council. They've got uh, all sorts of cool things. Uh, they have articles. They've got videos. They've got us on the podcast. But most importantly, they have a link to their Discord, which is full of great people who love to talk about MTG and they love to talk about EDH in particular. So come and check them out. And Lux, I can't stress it enough. How much does it cost people to, uh, I don't know, join the Discord? And absolute zero. Absolutely zero. Folks, Like there are lots of great content creators out there that are have their Discords, but they have them behind a paywall. And if you want access, you got to give them like a dollar a month or something like that. You could like you could argue that the like the best value is something like the Lotus Council with uh, a free uh, membership and all the great perks that come along with it. So uh, come on into the LotusCouncil.com. It's a vibrant community, lots of great things happening, and it won't cost you a penny. All right, so folks, come on in uh, and uh, and just see for yourself. I think you're gonna find you'll be pleasantly surprised. All right, we got our giveaway winner, Lux. We didn't have a lot of entrance, but we got one. Oh boy! So our winner for um, our giveaway of a pack of Mo- Modern Horizons two, uh, and we have a pack of Time Spiral Remastered. And I'll give uh, this our winner a choice of the two, because um, I, I only have the one winner. I didn't have two. Uh, is Sona actually our very own Sona here on the on the Lotus Council? So um, I, I'll reach out to him and see uh, see what he wants us to do with it. We mail it to him or pop it here on the show and make a video out of it. I don't know what he wants us to do, but anyway, something. But we'll figure out what to do and get Sona his uh, MH2 pack and see what cool things can be found inside. So thank you very much, everybody. Um, it's already episode 83, so episode 90 is just you know coming down the pipe sooner sooner rather than later. I think at this pace, I think episode 90 is 4, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, 100, or 99. So right around Christmas time will be episode 90. So uh, we'll be a giveaway likely around then. This is a great time for us to... uh, Actually, that's going to be our Christmas giveaway, isn't it? Most likely. That'll be our, our Christmas giveaway. That'll be... So, in the past, uh, we've participated in the 31 Days of Christmas, which has been uh, put on hiatus this year. Um, but we're going to go ahead anyway, folks, and I'm going to prepare to announce this here on the show. Lux, uh, I'm sure you're, you're in, too. We will do, we're going to do a community-built deck again, like we did last year. Uh, so, we're going to 
give you guys a couple of choices and through our twitter we are going to have a community built deck um and we'll give it away to one lucky listener and um send them a deck and like last year we had a like a nice satin tower like it was like we went we went all out didn't we We had like and then all sleeved up and a nice satin tower ready to play you open the box and you can uh, you can rock and roll right out of the box. So we're going to do it again, um, and uh, hopefully uh, we get a pretty good response. We'll see what we get. Uh, last year we did Zarathan the Trickster. Uh, we'll see who uh, what the community wants to do this year. So should we move on with the, with the show there, Lux? Yep. All right. So we have garbage or great. Oh, I think I need to pick pick a new garbage or great. Because we're doing that card later. So I'm going to switch up our garbage. Audible on the show. All right, ready, Lux? We're going to do it right live. Doing it live. All right. Uh, we want random, random. Uh, no, not that card. That's a, that's a, all right, what is this? That's also not a card. All right, was that a card? Uh, no, that's not a card. Okay, yeah, this is an interesting one. All right, here we go. I'm going to put the link in, Lux, so we can debate the merits of this card right here. It is Titan's Nest from Ikoria, and this is one of your favorite sets, I think. Um, so it is one black, green, blue, so one in a Sultai for an enchantment that says, at the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top card of your library. You may put that card into your graveyard. And then it has exile a card from your graveyard, add uh, colorless mana, Spend this, spend this mana only to cast a spell that's one or more colors without X in its mana cost. So, what do we think here? Is this garbage or is this great? Hmm. What do you think there, Lux? Did I go? Did you, can you not hear me right now? And Dan, do you hear me now? Oh. Got you now. Okay. Yeah, my mic kind of uh, cut out right there. That's uh, fair enough. All right. So, Titan's Nest. What do you think? Is this thing a card that people should be looking for? And honestly, they. I can't really say for certain since like I have the card, but. I have not used it, and I have never seen it in play either. All right, so let's give you a sense for the decks it gets played in. So it gets played in, like, Sidisi, Brew Tyrant. It gets played in Tassiger. It gets played in Muldrotha. It gets played in uh, a number of other Sultai-colored decks. Okay, so let's start at the beginning and say this thing, okay, four mana, four mana Sultai-colored enchantment. So just by virtue of it being salty colored, it is limiting in what it can go into, correct? Yep. Like you can't play this in a blue black deck, you can't play it in a green black deck, you can't play it in a blue green deck. You it's got to be salty. So that right there is already a strike against it. Because there are only so many salty decks out there that you want to play. So now I think, I mean, if it goes in a CDC Brew Tyrant or a Tassiger deck or a Muldrotha deck, it seems pretty good because now you have, um, you have offs for having um, milled things into your graveyard with the Titan's Nest. 
But, I mean, it only does one card a turn. Right? It only does one card a turn. And so I, my fear, I think, in Commander is that more and more we're seeing that people are looking to do really powerful things really quickly in Commander. Even at casual tables with, you know, less than optimal decks. People are looking to do very powerful things very fast. Would you agree? Yep. Like, you see it in the, in the pods at the store. People are yep. looking to get on board and do really powerful stuff really fast. And Titan's Nest is the sort of card that just sits there and accrues incremental advantage. But if you're really going to power out spells with Titan's Nest, you need to have other ways to mill your graveyard. And a lot of them. That otherwise, that you know, that essentially was a cost cost redu- reduction mechanic that allows you to pay for um, colorless mana of your spells is not nearly as potent. But how much setup does it take to get a mill engine in place to make Titan's Nest be something that is powerful? Because I mean, we've learned delve is real is really powerful, and giving all your spells that don't have an X in them delve is kind of nuts. But is this the sort of card that we want to play? And I kind of feel like it's a no. Personally, I don't think this card is very good. Uh, I think if you're playing Salt-Eye, you're looking for something more explosive with your deck, and you're probably not going to run it very much. Any thoughts there, Lux? Like, did you think, like, as someone who... Um, as enjoyed Ikoria, do you, do you is this deck got a little bit more of a a rosy outlook for you? And honestly, no, because I mean, to be honest, it doesn't really do much. Yeah, like that's the not. Can you imagine spending turn four playing this thing and saying, "Yeah, that's my play. That's awesome." They go, "Dude, that's weak." So yeah, I'm pretty okay to pass on this card and say it's garbage. I'm not, I'm not convinced it's very good. And I usually like to make a defense to try and prove a card is decent, but I can't for this one. Like it's just it's it it could do something really powerful, and you gotta have the right frame around it. But even then, I think you can do better. Like if you're playing Sidisi or Moldrotha, I think you're gonna find better targets with which to mill. So instead of a titan's nest so yeah i'm kind of out on it yeah all right let's get down to tonight's business folks we've got crimson vow previews so i think i picked a dozen cards one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve so i picked a i picked a dozen and i think this the set is pretty well um pretty well spoiled at this point lux would you agree Yep, because in the Loading Ready yeah. Run recently had their pre pre release. Yeah, oh my goodness, already. Geez, I missed that. So, um, so we're going to go through some of the ones, and most of these are the Mythics, because uh, I thought I find Mythics are the ones that are most often get adopted by Commander decks. So, uh, but anyway, let's get down to business. So, we've got up next, I'm sorry, up first, we have Maniform Hellkite. So this is two red red for a dragon. It's got flying and it's a four four. And it says, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, okay, that means a planeswalker, an artifact, an enchantment, um, a instant or a sorcery. I think that's all of them, but I could be mistaken. Anyway, any of those five 
type of creature, or uh, spell types there. You create an XX Red Dragon Illusion creature token with flying and haste, where X is the amount of mana spent to cast that spell. Exile that token at the beginning of the next end step. Holy jumping, that thing is nuts. Yeah, Link, you can do some damage with us. Dude, that's Shark Typhoon on a dragon that as a creature. Yeah. So, like, if they kill it, you can even get it back more easily. Like, the problem with Shark Typhoon, if people remove it, you have to find have to have a way to recur it. But like, lots of different um, color combinations can reanimate cards like this from your graveyard. Like, this is yeah. busted. Can you imagine some sort of a storm, like stormy deck? Like, I guess it can't be a true storm deck. Because it does have to say, whenever you ca pardon me, cast, not the copy and cast that we were getting with with the Magecraft, but holy jump, and this thing is wild powerful. And, like, and I know another dragon card that I'll put this in with. What's that? Leyline Tyrant. Yes, like uh, for sure. This card is very good, folks. I, I don't know what to tell you. I have not heard too many people talking about it. I think this might be, you know, one of the most, most powerful cards in the set, you know, straight up. Um, no one's talking about it because everyone's talking about spirits and vampires and werewolves and jazz, but this thing is nutty. So go and get it. That text on it is Shark Typhoon, but the, but the dragons have haste and they're going to die. So unbelievable. Such a beating on a card. All right, up next, you want to read Hallowed Haunting. And like for two, white, white enchantment. As long as you control seven or more enchantments, creatures you control have playing and vigilance. Whenever you cast an enchantment spell, create a white spirit cleric creature token with this creature's power and toughness are equal to the number of spirits you control. Okay, like people are excited for this one. Are you excited with this for this one? And no, because how often are you going to have seven or more enchantments on the field? Yeah, that's sort of where my 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 my, my problem comes in. So you you cast a hallowed found hallowed haunting here, and the chances of you're going to be, be able to meet that first clause is dubious. Um. If anyone of you ever played an Enchantress deck, you know the way to derail the Enchantress deck is to remove all their stuff. Um, now, you might get away with it in the sense that people don't play enough mass enchantment removal. They play a few spot things, but they don't really play the, the, the sweeper to deal with all enchantment. But that said, like, you, getting to seven is still a big ask. I'm not sure that you're ever going to get there, meaning that first clause is kind of turned up, perpetually turned off. So then it comes back to the second line attack, or second paragraph. Do you want to read that one? And like, whenever you cast an enchantment spell and creature, you create a white spirit cleric creature token with this creature's power and toughness are equal, each equal to the number of spirits you control. All right, so... You cast an enchantment spell, you make a spirit, spirit's power gets bigger based on how many other spirits you have. Could be good, but again, how many enchantments do you have to cast before your 
spirits are actually a threat worth dealing with, right? Yeah. And so, I tend to think, I think you're right. I don't think this card is particularly good. Maybe it'll go in the dedicated um, spirits deck that's coming out uh, as part of this set. But I do not love this card because I think the first clause makes it difficult to trigger it. Because people, if you, play, if you sit down with an enchantment deck, everyone's going to figure it out very quickly. And they're going to kill all your stuff. So I don't imagine the first clause is overly relevant. And the second clause, you've got to cast a couple of enchantments again to try to make this be more relevant. So I, I'm not so sure this is going to be a great card unless you're in the, the dedicated spirits deck. And maybe then you get enough support that you can make this thing work and be good. Um, any thoughts there, Lux? Did I miss anything? Did I overlook something? No, I think it's just an overhyped card that is not worthy of any of the hype. Well, yes, it's pre-selling for thirteen, almost thirteen fifty, right now, allegedly, allegedly. Um, but I'm not. I don't think I want to spend four mana on this in my spirits deck or my enchantment deck. So I don't think I want to play this very frequently. I have a hard time imagining where this was going to go. Let's go. Let's go to check EDH rec and say what and see what if it's got a an early sort of set up in terms of like where is it going? It's going where? Uh huh. So it says it goes in all sorts of decks, but it looks like they're all enchantress decks. Like we figured. Yeah, because all the top cards are Enchantress cards. So you're playing Enchantress cards to get this, to make spirits. Ah. It feels unfocused, I think is my problem. It feels unfocused because what ends up happening is that you're playing an enchantment deck. And but you gotta play but you're now you're like somewhere along the lines you're just creating spirits. And you're hoping that you have enough enchantments to make your spirits actually get through. I don't know. I think you're just setting yourself up to, to, to sink four mana into a card that you're going to have to work really hard to get some value out of it. Also, think about this, Lux. How much mana would you spend to get a one, one to get a spirit token? So, I think my problem is this. Like, so, and let's imagine I, sp I cast um, a wild growth. That's one, one green mana for an enchantment that says... Uh, wild growth adds green to your mana pool whenever target land is tapped for mana. All right, so you spend one mana, you get a one, you get a one one. Now I got to cast a second enchantment to turn my first one one into a two two. So I'm gonna get a fertile ground. Let's say I cast that the same turn. All right, so now I have two twos and I've spent three mana. All right, now what other enchantments am I casting in this? Let's imagine I'm casting I can with transformation on my opponent's stuff. Well, okay, so now I spent five mana and I have three three threes. Eventually, this gets really expensive and you end up in, in enchantments like Marari's Wake, where you spend five mana and now you have four four fours, and all you have to do is board wipe and your board state is dead. I don't think it's a great play. I don't love it. Bottom line. Any else, Lux? And no. Uh, all right. 
All right, we have Olivia, Crimson Bride. Four black, red for a uh, three, four flying haste. And it says, whenever, oh, sorry, legendary creature, vampire, noble. Whenever Olivia, Crimson Bride attacks, you return target creature from your graveyard to the battlefield, tapped and attacking. It gains, when you don't control a legendary vampire, you'll exist. Oh, sorry, you'll exile this creature. Okay. Six mana for a three four is a little underwhelming, even even with flying in haste. Would you agree? Yep. So I don't love this because I mean this gets shut down by even something as simple as a Mahamodi Dijin or a Sarah Angel can block Olivia straight up. Like people built decks with Sarah Angels not that long ago, so it can block Olivia. <sighs> However. That clause, the reanimation clause, is interesting, isn't it, Lux? Yep. You can hide some really powerful things in your graveyard and then use use Olivia to to, to bring them back. And I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> um, I can think of lots of good scenarios where I want to bring things back from my graveyard, but I'm worried that they're going to get exiled when my Olivia, or if I, heaven forbid, like I can keep another legendary vampire on the battlefield, like it's going to be pretty terrible to lose my big scary creature to the exile effect. So I don't know. <laughs> Locks, help me out. Crimson Olivia. She, is she, is she, is she the vampire commander we wanted? And honestly, mm, no, not really. No, I mean, Edgar Markov is still top dog. Olivia is nice. She might go in the deck, but Olivia is very much not on the same level as our dear friend Edgar Markov. So um, while I like the ability to reanimate stuff, I'm just not convinced that this one's going to draw a ton of attention for me. Right, that's my thoughts. Anything else, Lux? Nope. No. Okay. What do we got next? Go ahead and read us the next one. And next we have Soren the Mirthless. For two black black legendary planeswalker Soren. Starting out with four loyalty. His plus one is look at the top card of your library. You may reveal that card and put it into your hand. If you do, you lose life equal to its mana value. And minus two, create a two three black vampire creature token with flying and lifelink. And minus seven, Soren the Mirthless deals 13 damage to any target. You gain 13 life. Okay, that ultimate is terrible. That is an awful, awful ultimate. Also, seeing the art for Soren, do you, do you like the art associated with this? And no, it doesn't really look like Soren. No, it doesn't, doesn't. It looks like he's like a teenager and moody and emo and wearing too much facial makeup. Um, but anyway... Not a big fan. Okay, but I do like that plus one. That plus one is cool because that's Dark Confidant's text, but it's a May ability. That makes it pretty potent. Like, if you hit a demon, you don't have to, you don't have to put it in your hand. You can elect to leave it there, draw it normally, and you know, play your demon in, t in due course. So I kind of like the plus one. The minus two is fine. It's no Vampire Nighthawk. 
but it's fine. Fly two, three flyers are okay, right? And the ultimate's crap. Yep. The ultimate's crap. So where does that put us? And like we have in the like one good ability, one kind of okay ability, and one crap ability. Yeah, pretty much. So I'm sort of figuring this this card's gonna come down to being, you know, unless you're looking to be the guy who is using his own life total that aggressively, so you can play a death shadow or something. I don't like this card particularly. Um yeah, I don't like this card. I don't think it's going to be played a lot. I think it's mostly going to fall by the wayside. So I'm disappointed to say it, but I don't think Soren's going to make make the grade this time. Any last and, words there for Mr. Soren? And just like another character in a, from Innistrad, they did him dirty. They did do this guy dirty, didn't they? I mean, this is like, yeah. Soren was, has been cool. Okay, that's not entirely true. The Soren from from Eldritch Moon was annoying, but the card was good. And then the other Sorens have all been good. And this guy kind of is a big old bag of stink. Sorry, this is my opinion. I don't think he's very good. All right, let's move on. Carrying on, we have oh, um, this is me, I think, right? I'm reading this. One? Yep. All right, it, it says, we have Anya, 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 Angie, anyway, uh, Anya is how I'm going to say it, Maid of Dishonor. Two black red for a 4-5, uh, hello, uh, legendary creature vampire. This is whenever uh, Anya, Maid of Dishonor, and or one or more vampires use the battlefield. Um, sorry. Uh, whenever Angie, uh, Anya, made of Dishonor, and or one or more vampires enters the battlefield under your control, create a blood token. This ability triggers only once each turn. And then two, sacrifice another creature or a blood token. Our, our, each opponent loses two life, and you gain two life. Um, whenever sacrifice another creature or a blood token, each opponent loses two life, and you gain two life. Well, okay, what do we think here, Lux? Anya, are you excited? Hmm. I will admit I'm more excited for her than I was in a, for Olivia. Yes, very much so. Very much so. I like this. Uh, I like this Anya uh, quite a bit better than I liked uh, Olivia. In part, the stats are good. Like those are those are siege rhino stats on a vampire, which is pretty potent. Um, now, I've been listening to a lot of people talk about this set there, Lux, and have you noticed that these blood tokens, which we haven't really t discussed too much, but we're going to broach it here. So, blood tokens are the are new tokens that they have given us that play kind of like a clue, but instead of spending two mana and then tapping and sacking the artifact, you spend one mana, tap it, but you also have to discard a card um, and then sacrifice the, the blood token to draw a card. So that's, it's the rummage effect. It's the red variant of this instead of the looting, which is where you draw first and then put a card down. Anyway, um, 
Blood plays well into two things. Right? The first one is it plays into well in any mechanic looking to sacrifice permanence. So uh, go back and look at sets like uh, Aether Revolt that have the, the, the trigger that is uh, when things leave the battlefield. I forgot what it's called, but it'll, it'll come to me shortly. Um, but also Anya here, Anya is looking at, um, at uh, oh, geez, I forgot the mechanics. Madness, the madness mechanic. Because she is um, playing on the idea of blood, and I'm sure you like you can figure out there that if she's stealing everybody's stuff, the, the opponents aren't going to let her run around and steal our things. So I don't, yeah, like I don't know, I don't know how good the the, the blood token is. I don't know how good the madness is. I don't think, I mean, I was hearing a lot of people talk about, like, how Madness with Anya uh, in her first form is just a broken, a broken competitive EDH deck. So, I'm not too sure what Anya is going to do for us. This Anya is going to do is different uh, if we're being incentivized to, um, you know, then turn around and have to have our lives watched on TV and do stuff. So, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know about Anya. I, I I think she's more interesting than than um, than Olivia though. I agree with you. Any other thoughts, Lux? And nope. No. She's cool, but I think she got you got to be careful because she's she could lead you down that madness path, and it's too too powerful. And if Henrika Dominasi, what does Enrica do? Lots of text here to read, Lux. Yeah, for two black black legendary creature vampire, one three, with flying. At the beginning of combat on your turn, choose one that hasn't been chosen. Each player sacrifices a creature. You draw a card and you lose one life. Transform Henrika Dominasi. Then you have in on the backside Henrika Infernal Seer. It's a 3-4. Flying, Death Touch, Lifelink. One black black. Each creature you control with Flying, Death Touch, and or Lifelink gets plus one plus zero until end of turn. Each creature you control with Flying, Death Touch, and or Lifelink. Poof! I like Enrica. I think she's good. Yep. Like, both sides of her look appealing, and, uh, yeah, I think this is really powerful. Yeah, I think this is a really solid mono black card. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. I will, I'll be trying to find a couple. Those are the good cards. I like those things. I like that stuff. I don't know where I put it yet, but I think it gives you some of the. I think like in a, in a comparison would be Rankle. This is like kind of like Enrica on her front is kind of like Rankle, uh, with three modes that you can pick, and so I think that's got something going on for it. And then um, the back is just. Good too. So I'm I'm in. Think the card's good. All right, let's see. We've got demonic bargain. Um, sorcery, exile the top three cards of your library. Uh, then search your library for a card. Put that card into your hand and shuffle. So exile the top thirteen cards and then search your library for a card. What like what if it's the card you wanted and it's been exiled? Like, um, I don't know. Yeah, no. 
Yeah, like this is like a bad tutor effect. I don't think I like this card. It's going to be cheap. We'll probably use it here on the show, buddy. Yeah. Like there's like some of these cards are 15, 20, 25, 30 bucks. And this one's at five, <laughs> but I imagine that's five and will promptly drop to about two when um, our insatiable appetite for us having the United States cools off. So we'll have to see. I don't know, man. I'm not a huge fan. Don't like it particularly. Yeah, me neither. So I'm out. I'm out in Demonic Bargain. We can find better tutors. Yeah. All right, next, yours, I think. And next up, this we I have, like better. Yeah, Dig Up and, uh, for a one green sorcery. It has cleave, but like I'll get to that in a second. And first, I'm going to read the and bottom text. Search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle. And with cleave, one black, black, green, you may cast this spell for its cleave cost. If you do, remove the words in the square brackets. And with basic land and reveal it being in the square brackets. All right, so you remove what's in the square brackets. So it would become search your library for a card, put it in your hand, then shuffle. So it's a one mana tutor. If you can, well, I guess it's a four mana tutor, so it's like on par with um, Diabolic Tutor, right? Yep. This is just going to see some play. I think it's going to be very strong in black green decks like Chatterfang or, or what's next to come. I like this card. I think this card is very powerful. Um, but of course, if you um, ask me, to make the cost of having it. Go ahead. I'm just gonna say, like it with this one, it might be worth it to in a cast it for its cleave cost, because then like imagine that like, yeah. you pull like a really spicy card, you don't have to let your opponents know what it is. <laughs> true enough. True. Enough. And they like, you'll like you'll basically I... be guessing they they if you pulled something that might be considered a threat. Yeah. No, I I like it. I I like that like the tutoring ability is very strong. I think it's a very powerful card. I like this one. I'm a big fan. It's two in a row. Two yep. in a row. All right. Ready up? Ready for the next one? Yep. We got Kaya Geist Hunter. Not to be confused with Ghost Hunter. Uh, so Kaya Geist Hunter is one black white for a legendary creature. Kaya with three loyalty. Plus one. Creatures you control gain death touch until end of turn. Put a plus one plus one counter on up to one turn creature you control. Then minus two until the end of turn. If one or more tokens would be ex would sorry you uh, would be created under your control, twice that many of those tokens are created instead, folks. That's like parallel lives, doubling season sort of territory. So watch out. And then minus six, exile all cards from all graveyards and create a one-one white spirit creature token flying with flying for each card exiled this way. Good grief. Yeah. Um. So I'm in the I'm in this for the first two abilities. Yep. So I like this card. <laughs> I kind of want this card. Yeah. I have I I want it because I I have a black white tokens deck that would automatically like slide this in. 
So that's my my selfish reasoning. But I think that minus two ability is something to watch out for. You it's going to be very. Go ahead. It, things like this are the reason why I have yet to actually build a Netherway deck. Because every time I get around well, to it, in comes the in comes the next set, and it always brings out cards that I might want to add into it. Yeah, you get new toys, and you're like, ah, oh, now I gotta start all over again. So yeah, uh, so Kaya is cool. Uh, so we're in. Yep. Yeah, we're in. Kaya's good. All right, next, Helena and Elena partners. Oh, this one was cool. I like this one. So, uh, two red green for legendary creature human ranger with uh it's a two three with first strike and reach at the beginning of combat on your turn put x plus one plus one counters on another target creature you control where x is helena and, and elena's power the cre that creature gains haste until end of turn okay so i like this for a bunch of reasons first we get to see the same two rangers that were in uh modern horizons and that were also in shadows over innistrad because they were in, they were featured in one of the stories, yeah. And um, it's kind of a big deal because, like, they still, they still appear, right? And here we are, you know, since yeah. what, five, six years since uh, we were in Eldritch Moon, and we still have these two partners um, fighting for their, you know, very existence in uh, in the world of Innistrad. So that's that's pretty cool. I like to check in on them. Now, the ability, I think, is actually pretty neat. Because that's kind of like Xenagos-related, right? Yep. So, that's not a bad ability. So, let's have a quick look at Xenagos. All right, let's see. Um, but, yeah. I, can... I like this card. I think giving haste is also very powerful. So, yeah, no, I am a big fan. I think it's pretty strong i think I, I i'm probably going to want to build this as a commander so i will happily run it um any thoughts there lux this is definitely a card i might end up look out for and then yeah it looks it looks very promising i think i mean i know other people are pooping on it but it's very basic i think i think that's sort of the problem that people like their commanders to make them feel smart and this one doesn't make you do that you're just kind of sad because you're having to do the same things you did for months but anyway um yeah well, all right let's turn the page and off to oh this one's got a lot of text again all right next we have uh hawken and uh jacob hawken inspector and then we have so you want to read uh, Jacob Hawken? Yeah, for one and a blue legendary creature, a human advisor, zero two. Tap, draw a card, then exile a card from your in a hand face down. You may look at that card for as long as it remains exiled. You may pay for blue, blue. If you do, transform Jacob Hawken Inspector. And on the back side, you have Hawken's Insight, legendary enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library face down. You may look at that card as long as it remains exiled. Once during each of your turns, you may play a land or cast a spell from among the cards exiled with this permanent without paying its mana cost. Wow. Okay, there's a lot to think about here. So, yeah. okay, on the front side. Tap, draw a card, then exile a card from your hand face down. 
You may look at that card for as long as it remains exiled. You may pay four blue blue if you do transform Jacob Hawkins. Okay, that seems returns. You may play the land or castles. I'm not sure. Like I, I mean, it's, it's definitely cool, but I'm not sure if I'm going to be digging this or not. Yeah, well, like, like, it's a blue card, a so that's already uh, that's already a negative in my book. <laughs> a strike, strike at one against this. But no, no, I think I think okay, spending six mana to flip this and transform it. It's a big, it's a big ask, isn't it? That's a lot of mana. Yeah. Now the payoff is big too, but I don't know, man. Like, I, and it turns into an enchantment, which is also pretty neat because now, like, it's hard for people to kill enchantments, as we talked about earlier. I don't know, man. I think the back here, upkeep. Like, I think you got to get this to the back. That's what I think you got to yeah. do. You got to get it to the back. Once during each of your turns, you may play a land or cast a spell among the cards exiled with this permanent mana without paying its mana. So, I guess it means before you have your toys moved in with mummy. I'm going to talk about mummy now. Anyway, sorry. Um, each, so each of your turns, you may play a land card. Like, so each of your turns, you can play a land, but it's be your turn. So he doesn't really get it on the other turn cycles. Yeah, I think this is going to be overhyped. That's what I, my, my gut yeah. coming about on this. This card is overhyped, and people are going to be really excited to try it. And then I think they're going to be fine. They're going to find that, like, unless you have something really, like, if you can get, like, an expropriate or something in, off this with, for free, like, that's cool. But, like, in most other scenarios, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of this one. I think it's going to be, I think it's probably uh, build a little higher than it really ought to be. Yeah, and like you said, like it's most likely going to be overhyped. Yeah, it's kind of what I think. I'm sorry to say it. It's a cool card. Like I think it's pretty neat, but I don't think anyone's going to let us sit around with stuff for that long before these people try to remove it. Like this, people are going to remove this. If you flip this and you can just cast things for for, for value, like they're going to remove it, right? Like this becomes the target. Yeah. So. All right, last last one. I think this one is interesting because I just saw it today. So we have Averbrook Caretaker. Four green, green for a creature, human, werewolf with hexproof. At the beginning of combat on your term, turn, put a two, put two plus one plus one counters on another target creature you control. And it's daybound and is a 4-4. Four, four. And then you could transform it onto the back and it becomes Hollow, hollow, hollow hand, henge, Huntmaster. Um, and then, so it has a creature werewolf with hexproof. Other permanents you control have hexproof. At the beginning of combat on your turn, put two plus one plus encounters on each creature you control, and it remains a 5-5. Five, five. Sorry, 6-6. Six, six. So, all right. This, okay, this is a cool and interesting card, but I'm not as excited for this as I, as I thought I would be for a mythic uh, werewolf. Would you agree? I'll remember this less so you could easily transform it. Yeah, you could very easily 
transform it, but I don't know. Like, so I think my problem comes down to this. Like, this does this go in the werewolf deck? Probably not. It just goes in any green deck. But how reliably can you control that your things have hexproof laws, right? If you are looking to like fight off. So you can't be targeted. Give your things hexproof, but like the condition to flip this, I think, is rather tricky. So it kind of stays as a dud, I think. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of this one. I think it's pretty cool, but I think it's like a limited card. Any thoughts, Alex? All I will say is let's wait until the set actually releases and it sees play. Oh, fair enough. Maybe this one gets gets widely adopted in counter strategies. I mean, I could see it. It definitely does a good thing, but I don't know. Let's see. All right. Um, where are we at? That is all our. That is all our previews tonight. There, Lux. Yep. So, do you have time to jump into a deck quick? Uh, yeah. All right. So, we'll do it quickly. We'll make this quick there, folks. All right. So, we have Bruno Stromkirk. That's why I, 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 he was going to be our garbage or great. I took him out. Um, so, Bruno Stromkirk is uh, a very interesting commander because he's got two sides. Um, first is you have uh, Bruno himself, one blue black, so three mana for a one-four for flying. And when Runo Stromkirk enters the battlefield, put up to one target creature card from your graveyard on top of your library. So he's kind of got a raised dead feature to him, which is kind of neat. At the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top card of your library. You may reveal that card if it, if it is a creature card with a mana value six or greater. Reveal re, Transform Runo Stromkirk. So you're being incentivized. You can flip your, your Runo into Krothus, Lord of the Deep. Who is a 3-4, sorry, 3-5 legendary creature, Nightmare Horror with fighting. Um, flying. 3-5 three, three, with flying. It says, whenever Krothus, Lord of the Deep, attacks, create a tapped and attacking token that's a copy of another target attacking creature. If that creature is a Kraken, Leviathan, Octopus, or Serpent, create two of those tokens. That seems really good. <laughs> if you can get it, if you can just get one of those big, giant sea monsters to double, that's pretty cool. So what do you th what do you think, Delux? Think of Crothus. Yeah, definitely seems pretty cool, doesn't it? Indeed. So let's have a look at what the deck's gonna look like. Creature Suite is full of big fatties. So you're gonna play things like uh, oh Garuda, Pearl Lake Ancient, uh, Spawning Kraken, uh, Striped Riverwinder, and you know days of this. Um, I think the, the, the number of, uh, the number of sea monsters, I think is suitably high that I think we can, you know, reasonably rely on Krothis to flip. That's the idea. And so I think that's kind of the idea with him and his friends. <laughs> so, um, Moving on to our sorceries, we have a little bit of removal with Feed the Swarm, a, no, a treasure... Nope, that's not a treasure cruise. For feed the Swarm, Extinction Events, kind of a sweeper catch-all. 
Then we've got some. So yeah. Uh, then we're moving on to our sorceries. We have ext extinction event. Yeah, feed the swarm. We've got reality shift over in the instance along with price of fame. Go ahead and go for the throat. So you got five ways to remove things that are like oh that are straight up. Get drowned in the lock, which I believe has a feature where you can kill stuff. Yeah. So you, have a you do have a destroy of six. Like you've got some. You're not dealing with buckets, but because you're looking to maximize the card slots for your for your big old sea monsters. And then uh, your artifacts can contain a lot of the regular stuff, um, hats and infinite monuments and mindstone and saltstone and ta salt talisman and Tamil's journals. So. I think on the whole it worked out okay. Um, and then our enchantments make more sea creatures, ominous seas, cure best of sea god, and then uh, I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, so you got some enchantments, you have phantasmal terrain and seas claim, and then you're into our lands. So you're making big gold sea monsters and attacking for value. Um, and I think best card in the deck, Lux. I think best card in the deck. I think there's a couple, but I think the like the one that I think people are going to overlook is where'd it go thieving skydiver out of zeneca rising so any thoughts there lux that seems like a pretty cool deck okay so here's the price tag though you can open this you can get you can pick this up 70 dollars yeah. 70 bucks and you're sitting down at a, at a commander table and who knows if you can win or not but you're sitting down you're playing and i'm pretty sure you got a game plan and you're not and you're not scared of your opponents so yeah but that's pretty cool 70 bucks for all those premium big old monsters oh oh i like it i think it's pretty cool and at 70 bucks is definitely something we could we could try out. Don't you agree? Yep. All right. We're going to wrap up this week's show then. So uh, big thank you to Lux for joining us, uh, making sure that uh, the show gets goes live for all of you. Uh, if you'd like to leave us some feedback, as always, you can always reach out to us. Uh, the best way if you want to send a, ask a question or get in, get in touch with us is uh, through Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at EpicEXPCast. Um, it's pretty straightforward. It'll be in the show notes if you're interested in seeing the show notes. Um, well, that's the show notes, but anyway. Um, but yeah, so if you want to see some feedback, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, you can email us at the F Experiment Podcast at gmail.com, um, or you can check out all our decks on moxfield.com. Um, be sure to use the username, the Epic Experiment Podcast. Um, as always, ask ask a question, leave a comment, like, follow, subscribe. Um, every little bit helps get the word out there that we are here and talking Commander each and every week with all of you. We'd love to hear from you, so please, by all means, reach out to us and let us know what's up. Next week, we're moving on. We've got more to do. we got some Crimson Vow, probably more cards to check out. Uh, we, have the, we have our visit with a judge. Uh, we have a new judge going to join us uh, for our Crimson, View, Crimson Vow uh, judge review coming up in a few weeks, um, which is you know, good news for us. Um, it's unfortunate that Kelsum can't join us again, but he's super busy, so we're going to have found arrangements elsewhere. 
But um, until then, and until next week, this is the Epic, Epic Experiment Podcast signing off. Wishing you the ball the best wherever you next play magic. Thanks very much, everybody. Take care. Have a great night.